Praise the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a big clap offering of praise. It is an honor to be here. We just got back from a conference in Maui. Your, your pastor was there. Pastor Alex was there in January. And uh, we had uh, uh, evangelist Nathan Morris speak. And um, he said, preach on the blood for three weeks and then preach on the fire. So last week I started preaching on the blood and, and I said, okay, I'll just continue when I go home for the next two weeks. I'll skip this week and, uh, you know, I'll continue. But uh, I'm preaching here on Sunday, so I'm going to preach on the blood this morning. Amen. And I, I tell you what, you cannot go wrong. I, I cannot go wrong if I preach on the blood. The blood of Jesus. Everybody say the blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. Say precious. The Bible says the blood of Jesus is precious. It's precious. I said yesterday morning, and I said, What's, what makes things precious? Well, the blood of Jesus is precious in and by itself. You know, water is precious, right? It's precious. Life is water. You're like 90-something percent water. You're made up of water, you and I. It's precious. But water really is precious when we're thirsty. Because you can look at a glass of water, and it may not appear precious, but when you're thirsty, when you're dying of thirst... It's precious. Don't spill a drop. Don't let any dribble down your, your, your lips. <laughs> I went visiting in a hospital in Honolulu, Queens Medical Hospital, a huge hospital. And I was waiting for my taxi back to the airport. And uh, a nurse wheeled out this uh, gentleman who had a, a breathing uh, apparatus on a wheelchair. And, he, you know, he just wanted to go outside of his room, look at the sights. And I was watching him, and I was praying for him from afar. And he was watching across the street a young man lighting up and smoking a cigarette. And his eyes was glued on that, on that young man, and he shook his head like this. And he realized that lungs are precious. It's precious when he doesn't have the full capacity of it. Lungs are always precious. But when you lose the full capacity of it, it it's becomes real precious. Amen? Time is precious. Right now, time is ticking. It's precious. My, I, I have a short time to preach. It's precious. But when you realize time is running out, every second counts. The blood of Jesus is precious. It's always precious. But when you realize your need of, for salvation and forgiveness, when we realize that the only way to receive that, only way to God who loves you, then we realize when you come to the point of saying, my goodness, I'm a sinner. What must I do to be saved? And all of a sudden, the blood of Jesus becomes precious because our need for salvation. Amen. So let's turn to he the book of Hebrews. How many of you guys know the men of this house were the ones to make the coffee every morning? According to the book of Hebrews. Uh-oh. Uh, it's not doctrine, by the way. I saved, I saved many a marriage right there. It, it's not doctrine. It's this hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 932. Do we have the screen thing? I like it. Do we have that this morning? Yeah, Hebrews 9.32. I, I want to I use that because uh, I don't have that. In, I'm going to have that, Pastor, in my church. I'm going to have that. 
It's, it's nice. But I do also like to hear the turning of pages. That's good. It's, it's, a, it's like a preacher wanting to hear amen, you know, at, at the right time, at the right place. So could we show Hebrews 9, 32? As I turn there myself. It says, 22 actually, that's why you couldn't find it. <laughs> I was going to report you to Pastor Daniel, <laughs> but it was my fault. <laughs> and according to the law, almost all things, everybody say almost all things, are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or forgiveness of sins. Turn with me to 1 Peter 1.18. Now they're cautious. Now they say, are you sure, Pastor Robert? 1.18. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by trend tradition from your fathers but by the precious everybody say precious. precious precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot oh let's go on and read verse 20 he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God hallelujah Amen. you know what? we're not ignorant and I'm here preaching about the blood none of us are ignorant about the blood of Jesus we sing songs we preach on the blood we mention the blood we know the power of the blood. There's power in the blood. When we speak it, you can feel the power in that statement. There's power in the blood. Uh, his blood is still powerful. But yet we can still be contained. Our knowledge of the blood and our, uh, the way we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives can be contained with the lack of knowledge. Because sometimes we feel or sometimes we just accept a, a lie that says... I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. So let's move on to the next thing. And, 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 and the blood of Jesus becomes something that we just can say, you know what, I'm saved. I'm saved. But you know, for every situation and every circumstance in our life, the blood of Jesus Christ applies to everything. Everything. Hey, listen. How many of you guys know God loves us? How many of you know that He wants our our relationship with him to be restored without the shedding of blood no matter how much he loves us there's no uh, bridging that gap without Jesus shedding the blood there is no forgiveness of sins so with that every everything in our life can be conquered through the blood of Jesus because there's some things that the devil does not want you to know. Some things the devil cannot afford us to know regarding the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the final stroke. It is the final stroke of victory over the devil. The devil has yet to come up with a counter. There's no counter. There's no counter attack for the blood of Jesus. That final stroke. He can duplicate. He can distort. But there's no counter. It's the final stroke, guys. You know, there's a lot of people that are in recovery, like, for a long time. Oh, you don't have to be in recovery 
for addiction for a long time because the blood of Jesus it's the final stroke we can overcome the blood of Jesus is still powerful it is the blood of Jesus that gives power to the gospel how is that pastor the gospel isn't the, the blood of Jesus is the gospel they're, they're, the gospel is great. The, the Bible is great. But if you exclude the blood of Jesus from it, there's no power. Really, there's no power. There's no power that we can access, really. Think about it. Everything about God is wonderful, but where, where are we in that term? Or where are we in that without the blood of Jesus being shed? Every circumstance is affected by the blood of Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Chapter 20. I'm watching my time here. Verse 28. <coughs> this is our responsibility as pastors. Our responsibility is to preach the word to you. It says here, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now, overseers are, are pastors, uh, ministers. We're overseers of the flock. The church is the flock. You're the flock. And we need to continue to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. When I read that, I said, my goodness, my job as a pastor is to shepherd you because you were purchased by the blood of Jesus. And that put fear and trembling inside of me. And there are some things in my life that I said, okay, I, I need to sharpen. I need to, I, I just need to get so close to God that when I shepherd you or shepherd the, 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 the flock on Molokai, I'm shepherding what was purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And all of a sudden, everybody in my, in, in, in a, in my congregation and, and even here as I preach to you today becomes precious. Not that they were not precious before, but you know what I mean? I, I see people in a different light because everyone is purchased by the blood of Jesus. And my goodness, it's, it's, it's still changing the way I see things. It's still changing the way I see problems. It's still changing the way I see problem people. Because we're all purchased by the blood of Jesus. And I thank God for that scripture. It opened my eyes. It opened my eyes. In the Old Testament, they slaughtered animals in the temple. And that blood only covered their sin. And they had to do it over and over and over again. Because it only covered. Uh, I know a pastor that says, when I start to wear suits, because I... Heart. I never know. I didn't know, even know how to tie a tie. When I became a pastor, I had to ask Pastor Daniel to tie my tie. <laughs> and you taught me to tie my tie. He taught me to tie a tie. Anyway, so he, he taught, well, this other pastor, not Pastor Daniel, he said, you don't have to iron your shirt all the way. He said, just iron the front. <laughs> Some of you might know who it is. He might have shared that same information with you. I'm not going to mention his name. It wasn't Pastor Daniel. He taught me how to tie a tie. And, it, and I said, oh, but if you're going to preach on Molokai, it's hot. 
And you're going to have to take it off. He says, oh, no, I'm not going to take it off. Went to the service, and it got hot. And he said, Pastor Robert, I, well, bro, 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 Brother Robert, I got to take off my coat. I said, go ahead. Took off his suit. It was all wrinkled, very wrinkled. <laughs> you know, before Jesus, when they slaughtered animals, it just covered the sins of the people. It just covered it. It's still there, but it covered it. But when Jesus shed his blood, it cleansed us. It washes us. Take off your coat and it's not there. That's the difference. And, I, and I'm, I'm going kind of slow here and I'm probably just saying things that you already realize, but when I'm looking into the word and I'm reading about the blood, it just made it more precious. That's, that's, that's what I'm going through right now. The blood of Jesus has become more precious. Precious, precious. It just doesn't cover up. It cleanses. The blood of Jesus will, will, will cleanse everything. Generational sins and generational curses. The blood of Jesus will cleanse the cycles that you go through. Because it's not a cover up anymore. You know, you heard the term plead the blood of Jesus. I don't know what that really means. Plead the blood of Jesus. But I know in court, we make a plea. If, uh, that Probably that's how they got the word. I'm not sure. Is that how they got the word? The, the judge would ask you, how do you plead? Well, either innocent or guilty. And in some cases, what? No, no contest. So it's a different form of guilty. And you probably know better than I do what, what those terms are. But when it comes to our sin, and if God is our judge and he asks you, what do you plead? We can't say innocent. We know we're guilty. But because Jesus shed the blood on a cross, we can say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I'm guilty, but because the blood of Jesus, I'm not. And we can plead the blood of Jesus over our family. When they're astray, I plead the blood of Jesus over their life. We can plead the blood of Jesus over our circumstances when we're facing hell. We're facing the devil. I, I, you know what? I cannot do it on my own in my own flesh, but I plead the blood of Jesus. I take the authority that's in the blood of Jesus and I apply it to this situation. And I know that I know that I know that I'm going to have the victory. I know that I know because that's the final stroke. It cannot be duplicated. There is nothing else left to do after the shedding of blood of Jesus. There's no other bull. There's no other sheep. There's nothing else. It's done. It is done. And when I take authority over my situation, and when I take authority over someone else's situation, I said, because the blood of Jesus, I can look you in the eye and I can say, you can have victory. You can have victory. You will have victory. Without the blood, I s can you imagine? We're left in a state of hopelessness. I can say, God loves you. And he loves you. <laughs> and doesn't want you to go through that. But what can I do? How can I help you? Without the blood of Jesus, what can we do, guys? Amen? How can we forsake? How can we neglect or forget the power in the blood? How can we put it in on a shelf? 
the teaching of the power of the blood. My, uh, I got an understanding of how much God, God loves me. Because one of the things that, that I have a hard time understanding is, is that Jesus, why did you even die for any one of us? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He shed his blood for us. And the Pastor Daniel reminded me of a story of my daughter. When she was eight years old, I was not a pastor. I was working at an elementary school. My daughter was attending the same school. And at that time, there was a uh, forest fire that affected the main town that we were in, the, the school. We had to get out of our buildings because the fire was uh, slowly approaching the town that we lived in. And I got a call while we were outside in the playground watching, our, watching the, the students. A call from the office and the, one of the, the secretaries came to me and says, Robert, your, 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 uh, your parents live on Kahinani Street. I said, yes, they do. Well, they're evacuating uh, that street right now. And I said, oh, man, I hope my parents are okay. And then they realized, and I realized, my goodness, I cannot just hope that they're okay. I got to go check them out. So being that classes were done, I excused myself from, from school. I grabbed my daughter. She was eight years old. I said, you know, I'm going to take her out of school. I'm going to check out my parents. So I drove through that street. It was, it's a hill, several hills, uh, four streets up, straight up the hill. And the uh, fourth street was where my parents lived. And when I got to the bottom of the hill, they, they was, there was a roadblock. They weren't, weren't allowing cars to go up because the, the fire was getting closer and closer. So I went to the, the, the next hill, went up to parallel to where my parents lived, parked the car, walked through the brush to get to the other street, and I realized my daughter was following me. She was only eight years old. And as I got to the street of my parents, I could see the, the, the fire just approaching the houses and the smoke was starting to come in. And I told my daughter, stay right here on this rock, honey. Stay there. I'm going to get grandma and grandpa and we're going to drive right over here. I'm gonna, we're going to take their car and drive right over here. We're going to pick you up and take, we're all going to go in the bottom of the hill for safety. I went to the house. My mom was grabbing all of the pictures and I said, leave the pictures, mom. Let's get out of the house now. The, fire, the smoke was filling in the house. Let's get out right now. So we got out. We pulled out. We could hardly see in the road. The firemen were directing us out and I got to the place where my daughter was on the rock, but she was no longer there. And fear struck my heart. So I took my parents down to the bottom, dropped them off, and I said, I got to go back up, look for my daughter. Couldn't take the car up, so I had to run up the hill. Um, it was like about 10 houses up a steep hill. And I ran up there, couldn't, I, went, I ran into every house, shouting her name, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. And all I could see was families leaving the homes, and I looked for my daughter. She wasn't there. And I stayed up there until I couldn't handle the smoke. I ran back down. Anybody seen my daughter? I was frantic. I didn't care how frantic I was. I said, anybody see my daughter? No. I ran back up the hill. And each time I, I did that for about four times. And each time I ran up the hill, it was more difficult because the smoke was getting thicker. And you could feel the heat of the flames. A house on the very top of the hill had already caught fire. Firemen and police officers were trying to get me to, to stay down. And I said, no, I won't stay down. My daughter is somewhere up there. I don't know where she is. She's somewhere up there. I got to go. And at that point where it was almost impossible to run through the smoke, I said, I got to go up there, man. And people were trying to stop me. And I turned around and I looked at them. I said, you don't stop me. 
a police officer was there and, 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 and he knew me. He, he went like this. And I ran up the hill one more time. And I ran back down. I couldn't find my daughter. I said, anybody seen my daughter? And I looked up and I said, I got to go one more time. And I said to myself, this time I'm not coming down without her. If I die, I die. But I'm not going to leave her up there. So I ran up. Took off my shirt, wrapped it around. It looked like Rambo running up the hill. And, um, yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a happy ending to this, but it, it opened my eyes. It made the blood of Jesus a little bit more precious to me. So I, I ran up that hill and um, I couldn't handle I was crawling. I was literally crawling on the road because the smoke was just... And I could see firemen in their, in their masks walking toward me. They grabbed me and, said, and they said, get out of here now, now. A truck, fire truck came down. They threw me in the truck. And I, and I was screaming. I said, now let me out, let me out. So you're going to die? We're all evacuating. There's nobody up there. We're all going helicopters. The helicopters have to do the job now. And they said, describe your daughter. What was she wearing? And I said, I couldn't. I, I, I could not tell them what she was wearing. Not because I couldn't remember, but it, because it was like giving up. I fought with them to get out of the truck, and, and they fought with me to keep me in. The good news was, when we reached the bottom of the hill, there was my daughter. Somebody found her. And they kept her, but they, they didn't know who to, who to bring her to. And as I jumped out of the truck, I ran to her. I grabbed my girl. And I said to her, I would have died for you, honey. I would have died for you. And I almost did. <laughs> I thank God. She's now 26 years old. Married to a beautiful husband. My grandson, serving and loving the Lord. And I realized, I did that because I loved my daughter. I loved her with all that I have. And I said, God, how can you shed your blood for all mankind? When you said in your word, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of you, while we were yet haters of you, you died for us. And it made me realize we're, no matter what, we're his sons and his daughters. And when he went to the cross, see, what I did was nothing compared to what he did. But I could understand in my heart why he did it. That his love for us drove him to the cross. And when I look at his blood, or when I look at everything that talks about his blood, because there's a scarlet cord that runs from Genesis to Revelation, I said to myself, I know that why his blood was shed, it was because he loves us. And he didn't want us to perish and live forever in eternity without him. He wanted us with him in eternity. And therefore he shed his blood, not so that we can have eternity alone, but we can have victory in every area of our lives. His blood covers, not just covers, but cleanses us from all of our sins, but it also delivers us from all of our addictions. It doesn't give us a license to keep on sinning, but it gives us hope to have victory. It allows us to say to ourselves and to him, Lord God, I can do this because your blood says I can. It was the final stroke. You know what? The blood of Jesus allows us to tell the devil to shut up 
Shut up, devil. The blood's already been shed. The blood touched the ground. You know, what, uh, there's a saying that says, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of your, his future. I just remind him about the blood. That's all. I just, because when I remind him about the blood, everything he says about my past does not count anymore. Something different about the blood. Something different when you say the blood of Jesus. Amen. There's victory. There's victory. There's victory. There's victory in the blood. And I'm saying to you, uh, ma'am, your family, your family is covered by the blood of Jesus. And as I said that you have taken care of other people's family, God will take care of yours. There's a redemptive process already taking place inside of them. They can run, but they cannot run far because God knows every detail of their life. And God is covering them with the blood of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over your family members. God's got them. God loves them. God is running up that hill to capture them. No matter if some of them are enemies of the cross, God shed his blood for them. And that's the final word. Amen. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. That's the final word for your family. God shed his blood. Jesus shed his blood for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. will not you put your hands together for the Lord. Pastor Robert and um, Pastor Vince are going to slide on out of the service. So if you'll just excuse them, they're going to head on off to Anchorage and they're going to have powerful service over there. Amen. It's going to be great. Thank you. Put your hands together one more time, won't you? Praise God. We're going to take a moment, uh, as is our custom, to receive a love offering for the work in Molokai. Uh, we're believing God to raise some funds there for transportation. They are having really a bit of a revival. Uh, it's about 7,000 people on the island. And uh, as I'm to understand it, there's three, 400 people in the church. Is that about right, Pastor Robert? About 300 people there. But that's amazing. God's going to give you a tithe of the island. Amen. You'll have 700 people. They've got multiple extensions they've planted. And they have no uh, bus ministry to reach kids. And there's lots of children that would come. We've had a bus ministry in times past. Uh, but that church has been there for 30-something years. where They wore the buses out and um, believe in God to get some new vehicles. So we're going to help them with that this morning. Ushers, would you assist us, please, in the passing out of envelopes for those who'd like to record your giving? need to fill out the entirety of that envelope. If you'd like IRS tax credit, if you're giving online, you can give through push pay. If you don't know what that is, text Casey Wasilla to 77977. And from there, it'll give you intuitive steps on how to uh, download that app be able to help you worship the Lord in that way. You can also give online for those of you that are online, kcalaska.com. Amen. Minister uh, Timothy Capo is going to be preaching there tonight in Anchorage. Our next service, 10 o'clock, ushers, would you come? Our next service, 
10 o'clock, we have uh, Bishop Robert Hooks. How many of you have been in the services? I'm just, I'm just saying it's going to be awesome. What a tremendous time as he led us in worship for a, for a moment last night. Don't, don't miss the 10 o'clock service if you're able to stay. Amen. There's nothing on TV. You can go eat later. Praise the Lord. And uh, you can reserve a seat. It's going to pack out at 10 o'clock. It'll pack out at 12 o'clock too. So you want to be sure to be a part of that if you can. Father, thank you so much for uh, Pastor Robert and the work there in Molokai. Thank you for this humble servant of the Lord. God, we pray that you would bless him and bless Minister Lonnie and the work there. Cause it to be tremendously strong. We ask that you would enable us. That you'd bring in the provision, Lord, for vans or for a bus or to be able to bring in families that would otherwise not come to church. And we've seen over and over again how if children begin to come, that out of the mouths of babes you'll ordain your praise and then soon the families come. Lord, you're transforming the island of Molokai, a place of great darkness where kahunas were trained, a place of great sin. A God, you have, even as it says in your word, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. Save the island of Molokai, I pray. And bless our dear brother and the work there in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. If that's you, you know you need to get right with God. You need to come home. You've been drifting. Maybe you received Jesus in years prior. Whatever the case may be, you know you're not right with God. If you're not right with God, get right with God right now. Don't wait. Don't, don't, don't wait. You're not promised another day. Each day is precious, if I can quote Pastor Romer. Now is, is the time. Today is the day of salvation. So if that's you, you want to get right with God, won't you just lift your hand all across this place? Anybody here? All right, I do believe we're having a believers meeting, and that's all right. You encourage people, invite folks to this 8 o'clock service for next weekend, won't you? How many of you say, Pastor, I'm going to invite somebody to the 8 o'clock? Great, all three of you, praise God. Can you just raise your hand so I can get encouraged? All right, good, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you, how many of you like the, let's just, let me just check for a second. How many of you like the 8 o'clock service? Great, how many of you would like to keep the 8 o'clock service? I'm not sure that's enough. Jesus, help us. <laughs> it's a lot of effort to do three services. We do it. We've got to, re we've got to reach people. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Come on, stand up on your feet. We're going to close, but let's pray and ask God to release an evangelistic anointing upon you. Come on, you got to invite people. Amen. you got to reach out. Reach out. Reach to your neighbors. What if they don't come? What if they do? Hey, come on. Doubt your doubts. Let's believe God. Pastor Bruno Frigoli, would you come and lead us in prayer? Come on, just pray. Come on, pray that God is stir you up. Get some boldness. Reach out. There's nothing like bringing people to church, inviting people, leading people to Christ. Come on. God's used you amazing ways in the community to lay hands on people and see miracles. And Come on, just pray. Lift your hands all across this place, and we'll close just after. 
Father, I just pray that you'd give us a revelation of your love. Paul said that it was the love of Christ that compelled him to do what he did. They would begin to see people for the value that they hold, that you purchased them with your blood. And God, right now I speak against every fear, any kind of excuse that would hold us back and try to keep us with our own comfort zone. Lord, Holy Spirit, you push us out from our comfort zone today. Today, Lord, place people on our heart right now, people that we can text, people that we can call, that we can email, people that we can meet. God, I just pray that everywhere that we go today, Lord, it's a divine encounter because we carry you within us. We have the supernatural within us, Father. And Lord, let us step out in faith. You put words of wisdom, knowledge in our mouth that as we extend our hand, it's your hand extended, touching the lives of people. Release the kingdom, Lord. I pray for signs, wonders, miracles, healings taking place outside these four walls, in the community where we live, at the store where we go shopping, where we pump the gas, Father. Lord, use us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Reach your cross. Take someone by the hand. As we close, Father, thank you for what you've done in this first service on this Sunday morning. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. The 10 o'clock service will start.